Hi there, guys, and welcome to the Chronicles of Gamers. This is a podcast where we love to explain our love-hate relationship with video games. And I'm, of course, your host with the most, Efo Kishner. But you know what, man? You know what? Let me, let me, stop, to this. Let me stop this today. Because something special just happened, man. And, and I'm going to show this specialness right the fuck now. Okay, let me change this into this and to okay well i fucked that up uh i believe i did yeah well anyways gamer composer is here let me play his music oh man how did i mess that up and then how you did i my intro music? I, I have it where the fuck is it <laughs> oh my gosh why are you at the bottom bro this isn't it this isn't it this is what what the fuck happened here it is. Why are you at the bottom? Anyways, this yeah. is this is Gamer Composer's music. Hey, <laughs> it's been a minute. I heard. Wow, it's been a minute. I forgot that was the intro music. I, <laughs> oh my gosh. Hold on, y'all. I I done messed it up. That's that's ridiculous. That's sad. Oh it it literally changed. Uh, hold on. So let me let me just ex- exit this fast. Wow. And yo, okay. So clearly, I have not had a guest in a while because I am completely off my game. Everyone. So, okay. anyways, welcome to welcome back, Chase. Man, I mean, I can't call you gamer composer no more. You're actually here as a guest. <laughs> I have transcended. You have transcended. It's actually kind of nice. It's good to have you back on. Good to be here with you. It's been, it's been quite some time, but you know, I was, as, as we used to say for our, our previous co-host, Lord Brioche, that we were, uh, I wasn't slaying the bread, but I, I was creating my lane. Honestly, you were. So for those unfamiliar with Chase Bithia, and I'm very surprised by that since you listened to this episode, he is a video game composer, <laughs> aka the video game maestro, aka all the nicknames I've literally been saying since episode one. I Thanks. mean, that should have been a clue, you know what I mean? Like, uh, but luckily, I know you guys listening clearly know that and clearly understand that Chase Bethia, the award-winning composer, is here. For an interview of the century. No, this is not to get to know you, Chase Bethia section. You literally have a 90-plus episode of, like, if you want to hear this man speak about his opinions and what he has been working on. And he has done multiple, multiple interviews. You could literally Google Chase Bethia. And if you want to learn about his origin stories, that's all you have to do. But that's not why he's here. He's not here to give his origin stories. This is not another Superman versus Batman situation. No, I brought this man here because I had questions. And only Chase Bethia can give me the answers off of them. And the questions are really, how is it working in the video game industry as a freelance composer? How has that been doing? Ten 
plus years of putting in the work and grind for those that are thinking to themselves, you know what? I listened to this guy's interview many a months ago and he inspired me to do this thing. But the question is, what comes with that price of the inspiration? That is why Chase Bathia is here. He's here to give you the 411 of the 311 of the 916 of the 912 of the information that you need to know to get you through the damn door of the industry. Of course, this is his opinion, his take on the process. So was that a good intro chase with you? It is fantastic. And I am so thankful that you say it's not an origin story. I've done a lot of origin stories. We're 10 years in. I mean, in my origin of doing this, right over t- like 10 years ago i was on youtube doing origin stories which was why why and how some people found me in the industry in terms of AK scorpion inspiration. <clears throat> oh, i'm so sorry man my throat <laughs> we, um yeah he's a uh, he's tucked away for today for just for the moment <laughs> but no i mean the actual chase with the on youtube here's who i am I was audio director for a little indie game company, blah, 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 blah. And, and so, yeah. How's it been being in industry for 10 years? It'll be 11 years next January. And it's been, whew, it's been, I'm looking, I'm looking outside the window right now and I'm like, wow, <laughs> it's been, it's been good. And it's been interesting and it's been hard and it's been a ride to say the least and there's so many more adjectives i could think of at the moment but those are the ones that pop immediately into my brain as i am just culminating the experiences of it all i mean i can start anywhere from it but the fact remains is that it's about the consistency and the mentality and the the will power of knowing where you belong and going with it and i mean like running with it so i run i'm i'm a very fast sprinter so if i run with something i'm gone i take off i will i will try to keep up with the train if i can i will put my heart out for that no I've, i've seen how fast you can move man i can't argue with that but you know what? When you were looking out the window and you were thinking, going back to those those good old days, when you had that idea, like before you finally got your feet into the water and looking back at it now, do, were there some things that you were able to like, did you imagine this? Like when you first started, did you think it was just going to be? Oh, let me just do these few events. People will recognize me. I'll work at a company, build my career and status through that company, working on particular games. And then eventually you're going to be on stage within this X period of time. Like, did you think all this was going to like, did you think there would be a time limit to where you would be like, okay, I'm starting up to now. Like I got the award celebrating now, motherfuckers, you know, like, I, when I started out, well, first, 20 years ago, I already had the sound. So when I was making music as a, in my teenage years, and I was, I used to kick myself in the house about it, honestly, 
to realize like, damn, like, why didn't I get into this industry? Then I was already, I already had the sound. Like the first track I made on the computer, someone literally told me, it sounded like you should make a video game, obviously. So we're going back there. But, and so I'm thinking when I, knowing that I had the sound, I thought it was going to happen a little bit faster. I honestly mm-hmm. wanted to, I had some admirable competition who was people who were starting out with me around the same time. And I thought that I could beat them at it and I could do it in five years because I already had the sound. I thought I had experience and whatnot, but I learned that there was a really big thing called the industry doesn't play fair (laughs) and it's a game. And that's when, when I, when I realized that I, I started to see more of like, Oh, the competition I think I'm looking at is not, really where it is and there was it's a split thing because when i came into it independent games were becoming so big and booming it was around the super meat boy and braid and the there's a trifecta and fez those were the big three indie games that people were like trying to they were trying to get on and then journey popped off Mm -hmm. and those were and then that was seen as the new type of status for games and stuff and so i i realized so i was applying for game jobs even before i started being an f- independent freelancer in i don't know like i don't know early 2000s and so i'm thinking i i did think that you could just apply to a triple a studio get on and and be there and working games i really thought that was the process in 2008 and that was so wrong <laughs> I was so wrong. I didn't. I didn't do it in five years. I, I I accomplished a couple things in five years, but not to the level that I thought I was going to do it. And it's taken. I would have to say the the next five. I would have yeah five six five six years forward to get to where I'm at today. But I had a lot of learning to do, and I still have a lot of learning to do. But wow, like you, there was there uh, there's no amount of book reading. <laughs> there's no amount of articles there's no amount of networking to get you there faster there's a I, I i'm writing and there's a there's a very common theme that i'm i'm relating it to and it's about relationships and so i, oh. I think i can tie it into exactly what you're asking me which is uh, so say like you find your significant other and you end up being married is in the and maybe you ask like wow did you think that you could have found your significant other right out of high school and for person everybody has their own path and their experience and that's really the short answer but the real the real tie-in is that no you have to go through a lot of experiences good and bad to get to to possibly meet the person that you're you're going to be spending your life with so I I mean, and, and even there, you have to learn to grow together and a bunch of other stuff. So that's the relation, I would say. But yeah, I thought I was going to do it in five years and that that was not my path. So here I am. I, con- I continue to, to pave my path the way that it should be seen in my mind. When you speak about your path after not hitting that five years, what was the motivation? Because I know for some people, they hit that. And I know I have. Where I've hit that, like, yo, I haven't accomplished what I wanted. This is BS. Am I doing this right? Is this the right path I should even be on? Like, has that 
not gone through your head? Has that cloud of doubt not just popped in your mind? Because I know for a lot of freelancers and new people, when they haven't hit that milestone with that at a certain time, that doubt just comes in and pop up. You know, you're just like, oh, shit. You know, oh, wait, actually, I, I have a sound bite for that. Why did I just do that sound effect when I could just, okay, you know what? I don't have time for this. But, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Ah, yes. So many times, man. So many times. I I had a really bad habit of comparing myself to others. And I think that's just a natural human society thing we do. Of course. Uh, because, of course. And I'm, yeah, exactly, right? We were, we're if you're competitive not everybody is but if you're competitive like i am you how can you not and it's and i talked about mentality and so mentality had to change for me i think you were were you with me at the game no you weren't there for that one it was at a game awards <laughs> uh i want to say 2018 and the light bulb went off there i think there was just so many games up on the nominations, right? Mm-hmm. Over on the, you know, AAA games mostly, not a lot of independent studios or whatnot, but big AAA games, you know, we know what those are. And I was thinking, the, the, we all, it's all subjective. We, the one that won those awards, I thought to myself, damn, all those other people don't get their flowers. I mean, they get the nomination and that's cool, but they all can't win. And I was like, and they're competing. I was like, I really, I really got to stop that. That's going to destroy me. And so I, right there, I remember going home and opened the refrigerator. I think it was like 1230 at night. And that's when the second, that's when, when I, as I thought about that thought at that moment, when I was there earlier that night. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, you just got to keep doing your own thing. And that's really when it, I think that the changeover happened. And I would have to say that was about two, just two years ago. Once that happened, it was, it became a lot more clear and a lot less heavy to just say like, oh, dang, like how come I didn't get this here or do that here? And I still have those moments he- here and there, right? Because it's a really bad habit I've had for a long time, but I'm not as, I'm not as irritated. I'm not as frustrated. And I mean, even I had a breakup in 2016. Oh, and I was going to quit the Lord. game industry. Well, yeah. yeah. What are you going to say? What are you going to say? No, no. I'm, I'm letting that go. No, you was not going to quit. <laughs> not, I was going to quit. No, you yes, weren't. Yes, I was. No, you weren't. <laughs> not not because of that. <laughs> yes. So, not because of the breakup that happened. It was a really bad breakup. It was, it was just really shitty. And... But I mean, it, it, I have to. I I can't discredit that. Okay. Because the feeling of loss made me feel as if I wasn't going. I was going to lose it all. Because it's like hitting your head and losing your memory for a little bit. I don't know if that's ever happened to you. You know, or or something. I hope it never. I hope it never does. But it's really terrible like the fear of loss you wake up and your heart is like skipping beats and it's just it's just murmuring and you feel it and you just you have anxiety attacks that's that was the feeling i had and i saw i was thinking like i'm not cut for this i can't 
I don't know if I have any music in me. I don't know if what's going on because just because of that breakup, but I put years in effort into that relationship. And, but I, I had forgotten that I had also put years and effort into my craft and my career, which was a lot longer, but I forgot about it. And just, be, I was just so distracted from the moment of the situation that I was in from being in a nice condo to living in a garage and just being straight up and knowing that I could lose the rest of what I had if I didn't, if I didn't find work and finish school and do all that stuff. But I realized in that time, in that moment, I'm definitely a survivor and I'm more strong. I'm stronger than I, I thought I was. And you, it's weird when you're not in the situation like, Oh yeah, I'm strong. I could definitely get through it. It's a whole different feeling when you're really in it. Yo, that's that's kind of deep. I, I had to like pause for a second to let you get your your process out. So, what? Oh, man, How, what was the day by day in order to to claw out? Because like like you said, you you went from a condo to a garage, like. I've seen the garage. That yeah, that, that wasn't you, you that wasn't pretty. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't pretty. So, like, what was the what was the process to to just day by day, minute by minute, second by second? What was it? Because, like, for a lot of people, like that would have been the I I tap out, I go home moment. But for you, you were just like, I got to keep going. I got to get credit to my family, my grandma, my dad, my mom. Speaking to them often, they were my soundboard to get me through. My mom would send me very inspirational messages. My dad told me I was going to quit school too. <laughs> my dad was like, you know, if you do that, you're every all the time you put into it, you know, you're just throwing it away. He was right. And I was like, it makes no sense to quit senior year. I've seen that before. And some people did that when I, my first college I graduated from, and I never understood it. So, but again, it's weird when you're in it. So when things happen, but. I like I have to give credit to family first and I would say I think being in school definitely distracted me having the friends that I had you know get me by and but I also there was a there was a big lesson there and I had to learn to be happy with what I had in the moment that I had it there was also, oh, I know what the fear and things were. There was a lot of death happening around that time in my life. So it was even more scary. It's like, man, I could, I could die. I could, I'm so fearful. I could lose it. I think that's what with the tie-in is. I, I could, it, it could all go away. So the day by day was just more of, okay, well, if I survive today, I'm going to try and survive tomorrow. Wow. And I still have people counting on me. I was, on the, I was scoring the Project Reality at the time, and it was kickstarted. So, I mean, I had the backers counting on me to deliver good music and I had to get through my senior recital and prepare for that and I had to get through my classes and stay on the dean's list as best as I could to finish strong because I had consecutively made the dean's list every semester except for the semester of the of the breakup and nice. the, the day of the day was just more of you know, I'll be real. I cried a lot. <laughs> Crying it out early gets gets you through it faster. And I'm so tired of men being like, you shouldn't cry. Man, fuck that. You got you got feelings. If you weren't meant to cry, you wouldn't have tears. 
if you weren't meant to feel shit, you'd be a serial killer or something. I don't know. Or a robot. <laughs> or a robot, yeah. Or you'd just be, you know, whoever. But uh, the majority of humans on this planet feel something, feel pain. And like I said, if you weren't meant to have those emotions, you wouldn't have them. So have them. When you feel like shit and you feel like crying, cry. It fucking helps. I'm just going to keep it a fuck. <laughs> I don't know why I tried so hard to just keep this shit real. This is fucking cry. I cried, okay? It was good. It was great for me because, well, I'll be even more deep. I cried a lot as a child, and my grandma would tell me, like, don't cry. You got to do this. So I learned to, like, bottle shit up. But I yeah. learned later as an adult, why do you have that tense, that feeling stuff? This is how people get sick and it shows in their body and their face just let that shit out you know the crying if when you're younger your emotions are all over the place so you cry you might have anger and temper tantrums but i notice if you if you get that shit out earlier that it becomes a lot easier and you do become a lot stronger that's just from me speaking but i have heard from speaking to other people that we when they do cry they feel better and that is almost ubiquitous cry makes you feel better yeah. so yeah i get the day-to-day -day letting that shit out talking to family, talking to people like you, you know, you helped me as well. Wow. Um, and it's not about me. It's about you. Know, you coming out and just I think it was more of the, the, the it was more of the feeling of pushing forward and finishing strong and and I get a really big high off of proving someone wrong when they wronged me. If like, if, you know, if they treated you bad or they wronged you, then I feel like I have to prove them wrong to throw it in their face because they did that shitty ass thing to you when they didn't have to. So it was more of it's like, no, you know what? We're going to we're going to KO Ken times 100. Nice. Okay, so going through that process, I, I wanted to ask, like, especially working with reality, how were you able to 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 land that job, especially during that trying time? Like, you you got it, and then you managed to to hook it. Like, what was the process for you to land that gig? I was actually on the project way before the breakup even happened, and so fancy. Big lots of fancy fish games. They've they've held me down for continuous projects of being loyal to people that they work with. And I mean, obviously, if you're doing a great job, but a lot of independent developers don't really do that. And that's fair. I mean, you want to work with different people, you can, and you're most certainly welcome to. And Fancy Fish has done that in the past before. But the consistency and the professionalism I was providing is why they continue to bring me back for numerous games. So the game we shipped just before reality. I want to say, did we come off of I Can't Escape Darkness? I want to say that was it. And so I was nominated for that. Yes, that I can't game. So That was the, not the first one. What, what was it? Like the upgraded the version. Yeah. Yeah, the sequel. To well, I thought I can't it was just escape. like upgraded. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, okay. That yeah, I think, I think we were just coming. I believe we were for sure coming off I Can't Escape Darkness. Something totally dark and really grotesque and just <laughs> different. But retro, and then boom, like we hit reality, and it was, it was a nice breath of fresh air, very nice art, very in-depth story for, you know, visual novel. And yeah, so that's how I got the gig, honestly, is Fancy Fish's 
brought me back to to score that. But I was on the project, like I said early before, and I was already conceptualizing ideas. I I really put my heart and soul into that because I had to write character themes, so I had to personify feelings that were indicative of each character, such as Jakob and Lilia and Ben, who are the three main protagonists of the story, and the sound worlds that they would experience based off of how the story flows. So it was interesting that I was going through all those emotions because that's typically how I was able to personify those characters. So it was kind of pouring a little bit. I mean, every composer typically does this, but I was really feeling it on a day-to-day as it was ramping up into that breakup and then to the end of the project. Because I remember when I shipped the project, I sat outside in the backyard. It was sunset. I sat in a, like just a, some kind of lawn chair, <laughs> poured a small glass of wine. I think it was like 6.30 in the evening. And looked up in the sky and I thank God. I took some I took some sips, let a couple tears run down my face, and said thanks. <laughs> I made it. I made it through. Oh man, it was on. It was the closest I ever cut it. But uh, lots of breakdowns were through writing those those pieces, just feeling like I was I couldn't do it. But yeah, the 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 drive was to deliver and not let my professionalism falter. At the, I knew that they were counting on me, and I don't like to let people down. Wow. I got it. Man, this is, like, kind of deep. It's kind of kind of hitting them questions. Okay, so I, I do want to mention that I, I, I did enjoy reality. I, I think it's a, it's a really good tearjerker in certain aspects. From that project, though, I'm I'm pretty sure people were just like lining up to to get that chase with the uh, audio adventure, that music Tori. So like, how how big was the inbox after working on that big project, finding your lane and and just letting your your heart just like pour out on it? Well, like how 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 full was the inboxes? You mean after reality shipped? Yep. Like who 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 was reaching out? How many were reaching out? Zero, and it was very disheartening. And I was very, I was very crushed internally, but I, not, but not to the sense of like I had breakdowns and I was crying about it. it. Was more of it was a really big disappointment. I had written down people. I had been streaming it on my phone, like the behind the scenes work of the of the stream and whatnot. I had written down people's names who said they were interested when the album came out. I had managed to land a couple interviews to talk about the project on certain gaming platforms mm-hmm. and like level with em- level with Emily, big love to Emily Reese. And yeah, there was, there was, there was nobody, nobody, nobody cared. Really? <laughs> out out of I, it was like zero, no, no inboxes. I can't, say, no, I hey, can't hey, say nobody, but the but the but reaching out for in terms of answering the question for reaching out for music and things like no nobody nobody was there to say hey great. I mean even I mean I sent the newsletter out and the people that obviously are are really you know good supporters of mine they thanked me but in terms of like finding more work no, and I really thought because that was the first time I collaborated with live musicians. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of live musicians, I hired a violist, I hired a cellist, I hired 
a violinist. I hired a guitarist. I think I and I mean besides the stuff I even played that I had never played on my game soundtrack before, which is uphold saxophone, my first instrument, and and more. I hired a vocalist, you know, to kind of for those things and whatnot too. I thought that people really would care based off of, you know, the Twitter posts and things because they said like, you know, show your work in between and visuals and whatnot. And it was, yeah, it was like, eh. <laughs> so then like, like what, what, when, when the karma San Diego, do you have to do to get work? Like, what, what, what are you doing? What, what, what do you do? Like if, if that didn't get you like, you know, if, if people weren't like clambering down the front doors, like what, what do you have to do as a composer to, to get work, man? That's a really good question. I usually, I, and I genuinely mean that. A lot of people say, oh, that's a really good question. But I genuinely mean that because I think that's the conversation that's typically happening for every composer at every level, even the ones that are scoring a bunch of AAA games too. You, I don't, I don't think I have the answer, but I think I have an idea of what you have to do. And I can only speak from my experience. Oh man, is it gonna be the you have to know people type thing? Because that was no, gonna... I'm not, I wasn't gonna say that. Okay, well then I'm curious. I'm that is partially one. the answer. Yes. Oh damn it. it! It's partially the answer, but that's not all of the answer. Okay. So, I think. Excuse me. As a composer. There's a lot of answers to this. I've heard a lot of answers too. So I, I'm going to try not to repeat things that I, I've heard and more say things that I feel that are true. You To get the work, the referrals are the best. 100%. So you do have to know people. But that's partially the answer. What people usually don't really say that I, that I know is that <clears throat> people have to know you. I can know, I have a lot of business cards in front of my face right now on my table. I've been meaning to go through these for a couple of years. I technically know all of these people. But do all these people know me? That is the question. Because that is, if they all, since they, they have that, we, if I have their business card, they may, they, they're like the likelihood of mine is there or if they don't then they don't so do they know me do they know that i am professional that i deliver i'm i'm a great person to work with i'm funny i'm cool i i bring more than just composition to the table i bring marketing ideas and and game design ideas and whatnot i'm i'm well-rounded i'm i'm social and those attributes that I that I put bring to the table, do they know me to say, hey, like we want to work with Chase with Thea? They most likely they don't because otherwise my my inboxes would have would as many business cards I'm looking on the table it would have been it would have been that many or more, right? Correct. Also, Correct. the competition out there, like it says a lot. I mean, the industry is completely oversaturated with composers. A lot of everybody, but at the same time, I this one person said this to me at GDC. He said, "There's a lot of work for us out there," and he's 100% right. So the other part of the question is, 
to get work, you got to be able to diversify your portfolio. And my mentor also told me this too. And he's 100% right as well. And what diversifying a portfolio is, you're not always going to get to work on games. So you pivot and you diversify by getting to work on a film or doing some kind of whatever audio work that you feel is deemed for your thing. And you get to work and you use that as leverage to get that to the next project that you want to get to. That's other, those are the third part of the answer. And then it mean if you continuously want to work on games, there's this awesome fucking thing called Game Jams. I don't know if you've heard about it. You know what? No, I'm, I'm still brand new about it. Why don't you tell me about these game jams that I've heard of for the first time ever, probably, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> so, game jams are these, li- these, these, these small events that people put together that are based off of a theme that you can create a game around. So, window panes or rocks or erasers or sex or... Android tablets, weed, science fiction, Star Trek shit, all kinds of stuff. I don't know. Measure bars, carrots, (laughs) dogs with one leg. It it doesn't matter what the theme is. You make a game out of it. And it it flourishes so much with creativity because you have to, you do those themes that you can, that, and because everyone thinks differently, this is where you get to see all these ideas pop off and why the independent scene just goes wild and nuts because a majority of those independent games that end up getting big or huge come from game jams. We'll, we'll use the latest one that I read about, Loop Hero. It's been oh, a yeah. kind of a craze lately. Hmm? Yeah. That's yeah. starting to come up. Got signed by Devolver Digital, was a game jam. But Chase, I don't know where to do game jams. Are are you sure that they really are helpful? Like, did you get your start from a game jam? You know, kind of, sort of, probably. I don't know why I'm asking it this way. I'm just trying to be all. I think it's funny. I think it's no. I think it adds a lot of character. <laughs> I think it's awesome. So funny you ask. Let me just role play. <laughs> I did get my start on a game jam. It was called. I can't escape with Fancy Fish Games in 2013. <laughs> yeah, it was I couldn't keep up the act. Oh, man. <laughs> man, we just tied it back together, folks. You're welcome. <laughs> But but no, so like it as it as as Chase Bethia just said, game jams are a great thing to do. It, it, it can help you. It can, it can push you forward. Like this man got a job and he's worked on at least four titles with Fancy Fish. Ish. Wait. Yeah, at least four. More than that for sure. I can't. Well, I mean, I. Can't say anything else. We can't keep count. No, I, I can. It's just I, I think you told me about one thing that you're doing, but you can't say. So, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can't say. So I'm saying four. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, four is yeah, four is good. Yeah, yeah. We're, we'll stick with four. We'll stick with four. So, so, but I I, I do want to ask though, because I want to go back to 
the connection thing because you know what's crazy is I saw your Twitter page recently, good sir, and <laughs> you had a quite an interesting incident. I, in fact, the the incident was the incident as I'm trying to pronounce, and I'm getting tongue tied because so I'm excited. Ex- yo, so I'm so excited because it just it popped up while I like yo I did my questions. I'm like I submit them, and then it's just like hey drama, and I'm like ooh pen and paper. I'm ready. So I have to write this down. You know, clearly, 10 plus years, you put your heart and soul, like, you, you literally have, like, have cried on your projects. And you, good sir, have submitted for E3 yet again. And you did not get in the first time. It, it took you using your your status, your amazing ability to be like, hey, E3, why don't I qualify? React. Yeah, it was some bullshit. <laughs> I'm gonna just keep it real. It was some bullshit, and it's not the first time. It's not the first time at all. Really? No, definitely not. I've been rejected. At I've lost count, but I would have to say four or five times. I think I've been going to E3 for seven years. So that's a lot of times. So- and remember, I've been in the industry ten years. So I'm just saying. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, it was some bullshit. I I woke up. I so I, I they they give you an opportunity. First of all, I think they I don't even know when they they let it open for the virtual thing this year. And so the ESA who runs the E3, they opened it up even for influencers, which is separate from media now. And as well as they have always had industry professionals and, you know, you can apply. They had their portals. They were open. It was really, it seemed pretty copacetic. It seemed copacetic. And and then they send you, oh, you know, we're going to review it. And we thank you for the submission. Now, E3 is next week in case y'all are, I'm, I'm not sure when this episode is No, this drop, episode will be out week. the week after E3. It's, or is it this week? It's this week. It's so, already started. Right. So it's already started because it's included with the Summer Games Festival yeah, it's, it's bullshit. Yeah. So yeah, so I got the I woke up yesterday morning, and today uh, for people who are in context, this today is June eleventh, so June tenth, typically around the time E three would, would be happening anyway, mm-hmm. and said, sh- should I just read it? <laughs> Basically, they said that when I, I go I, for I, it. that I didn't qualify for a badge, but if I wanted to join the virtual broadcast as a fan. That I was welcome to. Mm. And so I'm a little sharp. I'm I'm very sharp in the morning. Typically, like some people are groggy. I'm I'm still sleepy, but my, my brain is more awake than my body. So my brain is like, it wasn't mad, it wasn't frustrated or upset. It was just like, nah, I'm done. Uh there's a hopefully you can play that 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 sound bite I, I, I shared with you with my mentality of like when Vegeta became Super Saiyan for the first time. When it's just like, I don't care anymore. I didn't care that I was going to be a Super Saiyan. And then something just snapped. Well, unfortunately, I would love to. But then YouTube would hit me with a, well, <laughs> you don't. So, yeah, I can't. Yeah, I just did a mini Vegeta voice. My best impression I could probably do. Not for bad. Me. Thank you. Worked on it very, very much. So, <laughs> pretty much what Vegeta had said. And... I just screenshot the thing in my email, and then I added them. I didn't. I don't know. 
I didn't really I didn't really think that people would look at it to be honest with you. I just thought I'd just put it out there. But it is public, so but a lot of people sometimes you know you do tweets and you won't get any hits and people just like scroll past. So that's kind of what I did it. So I just at them. I was like, they're too big, I don't care. I'm just gonna put this there. And and it just I just went up and I was like, Yep, they're on their bullshit again. And that's what the tweet said. And then I said, I guess, you know, my twenty years oh not my twenty years, my my twenty <laughs> ship t- over twenty ship titles and my ten year experience with some nominations and an award doesn't qualify as an industry professional, but Hey, cool. And then it, it got kind of viral. And then at least the people were rallying with me as a couple of producers from what company is there? I just blanked armor games <laughs> that, that had some funny clips. Um, another independent friend had said something quite elegant another podcaster and then someone else rallied with me and was like yep i'm you know some days i feel legitimate as a as this in this industry and other days i don't and they they showed they shared their email and i would have to say that went on for a couple hours and then magically i would have to say i got an email that said i i was confirmed and i was in e3 and it was it was pretty wild star i have to say the power of twitter if you use it right, if you use it right, if you use it for the wrong things, you're really no. Sure. That's not how power works, man. There is no good or bad. It's all based on opinion and definition. Because technically, what you did could have been bad in someone's eye. It was yeah, bad in E 3s eye. Well, here's the thing: E three was on the block because it's like you had a year of a pandemic to rectif- to to rectify your wrongs for 2019 shenanigans that happened. I wouldn't even search shenanigans, just just mishaps and slip ups. And as an organization you, that's been around for a long time, you know, you have to be a leader and you need to lead in the right way. We're supposed to be moving better towards the industry things. Not we're not even a hundred year old industry yet. We need to be. Why are we? Why is this happening? Why are we making these type of mistakes? And I even said yesterday, I was thinking to myself, if you don't want every part of the industry to participate in your conference or your event. And you, it's as the Joker from the darkness says all about the money, which is, is like, it's not about the money. <laughs> it's a, uh, if you, if it's all about the money for you and you don't want freelancers there or people that help everybody that plays a role in this industry to get out the word, to make sales for people. And you only care about the fans who pretty much yes they do just buy whatever typically then you should say that on your website please if you're an industry professional that is a freelancer or an influencer with under these amount of views or this or that you will not be accepted don't bother don't waste your time cool. done we don't have to go through this you're not going to get added on twitter you're not going to get called out you know today someone else got rejected that's been in the year 13 years she's a director of kickstarter and how does how does this happen you know, what are we doing with our tools? How, who's, where are the pipelines, you know, for these things? Like, we've got to get better at these systems. We, we, we pride ourselves in these professionalism, but we don't practice professionalism. Mm. We, yeah. we get lazy. And, we're, and then we wonder why there's so much drama. And we're supposed to love. And I mean, don't get me wrong. There's just every industry has their problems and their issues. But we can't be... We can't be straddling the fence, as my mom would say. Like, you're either going to be on one side or you're going to be off, be on the other side. So that's all I got to say about that. Like, let's just let's just get our act together. Let's clean it up a little bit more. You know, if you 
I don't even know where to go forward with that. So, well, I mean, I got like yeah. a quick devil's advocate for that situation because I do get that there are people that will fake an account, fake like the numbers, and then submit, and then surprisingly, E three will get it through. So it's like I I, I kind of feel like even the numbers can be fabricated because I'll let you I'll I'll be honest in a secret, I have actually know a person that is on YouTube. They basically take other footage from other people, re-upload it, and then, or they upload other trailers and stuff, re-upload it onto their channel, watermark their shit, and then they can, they'll submit something, they'll submit for E3 under the influencer, and then they get in for a ticket. I'm not going to say the name, because that's not really my thing, and I don't, I, I care, because it's like, I might self-submit, and I know I do not have over... A thousand views. Like, I'll be honest with you. I, I literally have, like, a small number of people. But I, I at least know my community. Like, I know them. I speak to them. I, hell, I play games with most of them. So, I know when they watch my stuff. I know when we talk about stuff. I know when they listen. And then we'll have a discussion about it. Like, at this point, I'm, like, I, I'm kind of content of, like, I might not get, like, the messages and stuff like that. Because, like, I can actually speak to my viewers. And I, I think that's fine. But... I if, if like when I submit, I know I I get ignored because it's just like I don't have the numbers, even though I have a niche community. In this community, we all react, we all communicate, we're we're good, like we all understand. Versus some guy who literally just goes and takes other trailers and other footage, re-upload it, and then because a lot of people will check out their channel and they get a lot of subscribers because of that. They can easily just get it. So it's like, I, I can understand why E3 kind of is like selective, but even that number process doesn't really mean anything because you could fake it. And it's very easy to fake it. I mean, hell, Chase. <laughs> I mean, didn't you just have a bot in uh, in your stream one time? Literally asking like, hey, man, you want to get more views? And you had like 80 something views while you were that's working on music. Yeah, that's true. See? I and I'm I appreciate the devil's advocate approach. I I have a solutionist mindset, so I just kind of just put some things out there, but and I but no, that. I agree with your mindset because I'm I'm in that same philosophy, but at, at the same time I can sit there and say like, well, I don't want anyone just coming in. I don't want people just randomly making an account saying like, "Hey, I did this," but at the same time it's just like, yo, like even with composers, like I'm, I'm not really, I don't really call myself a content creator. I call myself a content marketer because I try to make things to make things like so. But even though I make content, I have to compete with so many people that want to do the same type of content I do. I have to compete with so many people who stream. And even though people say it's not really a competition, people will. No, it's, it's really a competition because people have short attention spans and they are so quick to leave and they already have their select number of people that they want to watch and take a look at. So in order for them, to, in order for you to get like those people or new people or just people in general, you have to do something that's like they have not seen before, or you got to do something that they kind of relate to. And I know for me, I'm not <laughs> that much of a relatable person, even though I am like very easy to talk to. But like the things that I like, I'm very selective on. So like, I don't know. That's kind of like my two cents on it. That's that's very fair. I, you're right. It is a it is easy to to hack and fake things that to kind of get into places 
and and I I I understand and I and and I get it. I didn't submit though for the influencer or media badge. I I submitted for the industry stuff. And so I think I can only speak from that and that experience that it it accounts for because I did the process of this. All right. And they asked me for three publications that was written up about me. They asked for a company letterhead. I in, I I am my company so as a freelancer. But there's a lot of there's a lot of freelancers out there. There's freelancers for Naughty Dog that helped put The Last of Us on the map. Are they not going to get in? They helped with one of your beloved games of the industry for crying out loud. Are you kidding me? Cyberpunk 2077. Like they there's a ton of freelancers I believe on that too. They they're not going to always say this, but there's a lot of cogs in the wheel to help make these projects go what they are. Not if they can't employ everybody and put them all in one under one roof and have that there and then say, oh yeah, by the way, if you want to go to E3, you know. Here's here's the pre-approved, you know, uh, unless that's a solution is that if that's the system is like, is, you know, you get on the project and you, you say, you know, with the, with being on the project as a contractor, you get these perks and you're pre-approved for this. So you don't have to go through these things. But that would take communication. And we all we all, I don't want to get about that one there, but because <laughs> that's a big word for that. We, we just we don't do too well on it just generally overall and it's, we get better. But that's that that's that's an op that what i'm saying is like that's a, that's a process that could happen but there's a step system that that you go through to apply and you either can i think there's like a they partnered with a new gaming organization besides they 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 dropped the igda before you could do igda and there's a membership for igda so they didn't have that for some reason they have another one and that membership is i don't know three times as much as the igda membership so they're pre-qualifying through for that, whereas and you don't typically have to go do all the extra stuff like upload a business card and a letterhead and the articles that were written about you or I don't know your W two I, I don't know there was always something there was like they give you opportunities of six forms of documentation I uploaded I think I uploaded all six if I'm being honest because I I met it all so it's like how at that case. Right. That's why I was I think that's why I was pissed for the moment. And why I was just like, I'm just gonna call it out and it is what it is. Because I I hit every I gave them all the documentation. I didn't have a company letterhead, but what I did instead is my logo was on my resume and like my resume has all of my my projects that I would apply for to a company if I wanted to do some freelance work, right? Or if they had requested my 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 C V. I don't know how more legitimate that can be. I really don't. I mean, they asked for my website. My website's up and running. They asked for my Twitter. My Twitter was there. They asked for my publication. They asked for my business card. I gave them every, I gave them all six. You only have to upload two. <laughs> so what are we doing? Nah, this is this is why we're talking about it. I, I was just I was interested to hear your thoughts on it and. It's nice to hear that you go through all of this just to get not approved and then get approved once you get on Twitter. You just you should just go on Twitter and just be like, hey, I'm here, here, and here. I think you and I had a really good conversation one time. And if you're if you if if I may bring it up, we probably won't it won't probably be as passionate as it was in the moment because we've already talked it out. But I remember when I talked to you about how some people go on Twitter for certain things and how it's not really conducive to do so 
uh, for certain situations. But then you talked about like a lawyer. I remember said like people should get a lawyer for such things if it's that personal and instead of going out on Twitter about it. And then you what what did you remember what you said to me? Oh, my gosh. Okay, yes. And I think this was related to what I was going through at at working up Mm -hmm. a particular job. And the person tried to do a he said, she said on on me. And I was like, no, you don't need a lawyer. What you need is the public opinion. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to go on Twitter and state my case. But the problem is with me is I, I literally said, if you were to do that, public opinion is like very strict. Like if you go on Twitter, you have to look a particular way. You have to sound like this particular type of victim in, in order for people for you to believe them. If you don't, then people have this like natural bias to be like, well, I kind of don't believe you, even though you, you said this. But at the same time, if you look that particular way and you do that and you're the first person to do that, that's the main thing about it, too. If you're the first person to do it, like it most of the time, people will just believe you right off the bat. Like with, with without even double checking, fact checking, anything like that. And I know for me, when I was going through my experience, I was thinking of doing that. But I had seen what a person who kind of ha- like looked like myself had done something like that. And even though they were the first to do it, they had a hard time because people were skeptical, kept uh, skeptical, skeptical, ah, tongue tied. They just had a hard time believing them. So that's where I was just like, man. And But in your case, I was like, you know what? If you go on Twitter, it'll be easier for you. I actually didn't. Like I said, I legitimately didn't expect anything from it. I knew I, E3 is nah, way Nah, you big. took my advice. I told you, post that stuff online. Post that shit online and, and watch what happens. Be the first one to do it. Post it online and, and, and reference what exactly you did. And and people will just yo it'll catch like wildfire because like you're already part of the industry you you you've right. done work you've done games so like when you did it 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 was it was easy like who was who was gonna really say like Psh, what do you do like excuse me like wh- like who was gonna come at you and try to talk negative or sideways like they would sound out ignorant there that do it oh no no I, trust me I've I've seen especially when you won your awards. Like, yeah, like one person's like, and like, what game is that? And it's just like, see, that's an ignorant statement right there because it's just like saying you're only part of that selective area. But in your case for E3, it's just like, yo, you worked on games. Like, is that not if that's not a qualification, then I don't know what is like at the end of the day, you worked on games. How, how, How does that not qualify? There's inter- there there's something that I remember having a conversation with a student in college at university. The we talked about what does success mean to you? What measures success? And it was a very interesting conversation. Like someone asked me, he's like, Well, what does success mean to you? And at that time, you know, I told him, Well, you know, having the recognition for the work that I do along with the financial ability to sustain myself through the work that I do <laughs> and then someone's like I, just, I believe that success is being able to create the art that I love to do all the time and so I was like oh this is an interesting perspective and it's weird because I don't even remember if conversations like this 
were around 20 years ago. I mean, they were obviously with certain people, but you made me, Amy, obviously can't, you can't be everywhere. You're not omnipotent or something. No. But you, what my point is, everyone deems success in their eyes differently. So some people would think that because I'm on Spotify, that I'm successful. They really legitimately think that. Some people have, and I've been told this before. These are these are true statements from people I've that I that I know. Someone told me. Someone decided to Google me, and they've been a friend of mine for over ten years. Well, probably fifteen years at this point. Yeah, at least over fifteen years, and. The I had been on I had been on Google for quite some time, but they had just decided to Google me, I think, about two or three years ago. And because I was on Google, they had decided that I was legitimate, that I had quote unquote made it, that I was the real deal. Because you're on like, Google. What are, you, what are you? I was just so confused. I let, I ran I let it roll, but I was just so confused. Uh, there's other times where you'll tell people things. They'll bring they'll make jokes and they'll say, "Hey, like, oh, you know, how you doing? Did you win an award yet?" And it's like, "Oh yeah, actually, I did." And they don't even congratulate you. They don't acknowledge it or anything because they probably weren't expecting you to say that. And they're and then they just move on. And it's just it's just like nothing to them. And so even with an award, no one deems it successful. I remember campaigning for the awards that I did this year and last year. And I was I was getting discouraged because it was hearing from a lot of people. It was just like, oh, well, awards don't really mean anything. And then, man, I won that award. And I have I've got more. I got more congratulations than I have ever got birthday wishes. <laughs> That's a true statement. I wish I could say that wasn't the case. Well, that's on my point being like people really do care. I guess when the right people win, um, and they're they're what I mean by the right people, I I will put it this way: if Naughty Dog wins the award, you expect Naughty Dog to win the award. Because they're, it has the name. It's Naughty Dog. It's first party. They make these games. It's super popular. They have the money behind the marketing. They have the money to push it all. They have the money to do all that stuff. So at the same, so it's like, okay, at this point, you expect them to win and sweep because they always do. But when a, when the little person wins, that's still coming up and still trying that that didn't work on Naughty Dog or didn't work on Uncharted or that didn't work on any big game that had a big marketing push. I think that's what the people were looking for was to find the hope and the inspiration to say, damn, he did it. I can do it too. And it fucking sucks. That (laughs) that has to be the case. I'm sorry. I just, I have to be real for the moment. Like, my gosh, you don't want to be the inspiration. We have more of that. You don't want to be like, well, no, I don't mind being the inspiration, but what the fuck? I was looking for that inspiration with other people. Well, now you can be well that. to happen. 
Well, yeah, and that's <laughs> what if it? What if I didn't have that attitude though? When would have? When would have that had happened? What if it wasn't me with that tenacity and that ambition and that that drive that that go get them that everything that makes me who I am? What if that wasn't there? I I, I don't really see it that often. Damn. Well, you know, it, can I at least say something? Like, so yeah, I whatever you want. I, well, yeah, it is. Yeah, you're right. But I don't want. But like, this is this is basically your your interview. So I'm slowly like interjecting myself. So I I know from my my fact is that I know I don't have a lot of people listening or viewing or subscribing or anything. But I do put in the work that I can on what I do. And I noticed that the circle of people that I know, even though I do have some people that will talk that shit of just like, hey, you got a million subscribers yet? Or, hey, you're making money from this thing yet? And, you know, I kind of just like push it to the side because it's just like, that's not my end goal from this. But because they have seen like how much I put in, how much time I I, I put in and stuff like that and they see like what I'm trying to do now. I, I do have like those small circle of influence of people who are just like, you know what? I, I'm going to try and do this now, or I'm going to do this now because I see him just doing it slowly pushing. And he's like, he's not spending money on advertising anything. He's not, you know, willing to bend a knee on, on certain aspects in order to get, the free games or certain reviews or something like that anymore. Or, you know, it's just like, I, I feel like that's just kind of like, that's just like my little victories or stuff like that. And it's just like, I, I know for you, like, I, you're, you're inspirational. Like you may not get like the whole world, but I mean, the, the people that are in your circle, I've know they've been influenced by you. Is, is that not satisfying enough? It is satisfying. And I'm very thankful that to be the inspiration for people. But you have to remember that with in, with giving inspiration, I need to receive inspiration. Ah, uh, yeah, I definitely need that. So, I so if I that. run out of inspiration, and not because that I I gave it all, what what left do I have to to re up with? I so all I'm saying is the industry could help by pushing forward some more with with things that already happened. And it's starting to finally happen. I think the pandemic really helped with that mm -hmm. because a lot of people had to, you know, be at home and think and reflect and revise and pivot. It's just, it's sad that it takes a pandemic to do it. Okay. I can't argue with that. That's but it you know what it, it's just really nice to hear that you said even though I give it my all, I still want to get something back in order to recharge myself. So like I always hear from those that are saying like you you just gotta keep on pushing, you gotta keep on grinding, you gotta keep on yo, know, like I, I love doing all that too, but at the same time it's like I I gotta at least see see something and i i know i i like e even i have that mentality of just like if i stop now then i might be like two feet from the goal or two inches from the goal and then i'm going to kick myself because just like you never really know 
But at the same time, it's just like, man, I need a water break. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, you you I'm learning to try to run a marathon and as much as I want to keep running and push through, my body has limits. I gotta I gotta stop, I gotta stretch, gotta take a breather, I gotta listen to my body when I feel like I you know, I, I'm like my mind is like, yeah, no, yeah, push more, no pain, no gain. Man, fuck that. I'm 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 hurting. I gotta stop. <laughs> let's let's take a let's take a five. We'll keep moving. Let's slow down or something. You don't have to stop all the way. You know, because you you know you will reach the destination, but you know let's <laughs> let's uh let's just pause for just a hot second and yeah, just keep it keep it healthy. And that's why I feel everyone like everyone needs momentum. Oh yeah, and that's why I feel like working on other stuff, even though that might take away from your time doing the other thing. I think that's just kind of rewarding for yourself mentally because then when you come back you're like oh yeah i'm ready to take this the shovel to the, the to the paystone you know sam I'm, I'm ready to dig these tunnels I'm, I'm ready to push on through you know but damn i shouldn't know you were going through this much of a struggle i just thought like because you've worked on so much so many titles put out so much i, I figured you were golden I, I figured people were just like hey it's chase with the uh, let me let me get him real quick let me pay his asking price. Goodness forbid. I didn't even ask on the asking price. You know, like there, there's some questions I do want to ask. And I know we're getting close to that time. But it's just like, is there anything you want to say for those in that grind mode? Those in that independent mode? Those that weren't fortunate enough to be able to work at a AAA studio or know someone to work at a AAA studio in order to do it? Like, what, what, what is it? What, what is the, the final inspiration from the mind of Chase Bathia. Going to go back to what I said earlier. Keep doing your own thing and and create your, the lane that you that you want to ride in. Create the lane that you want to be in. I can't stress that enough. You'll be a lot happier at least to me if you if you find that you hit it went and what i mean by that is if you find that you're hitting a lot of walls don't be afraid to create your own opportunities because me hearing that early in my career has shown me that that's what i constantly will do and there will people who will judge you for trying to do it and be different and whatever unfortunately unfortunately for me i've always heard that through my entire life whereas in like i don't really fit in with some like the, the clicks or the popular groups or whatever in the case may be or something whatever but it's i think it's i i think it's easier to be yourself <clears throat> excuse me rather than trying to fit in so if you're standing out you're standing out for a better reason that you will be hopefully recognized for later on uh it's it's I think it's a hell of a lot easier to naturally stand out than to try to fit yourself in somewhere where you don't belong. Yeah, that's good. And then I'm going to throw my little quick tidbit of advice. In order for you to find that thing, in order to find yourself, it's very simple. It's the thing that you really like doing a lot and you have no problem doing it. When I mean no problem doing it, it's just like, if you wake up at 4.30 in the morning, tired as hell, and you're just like, what do I do at 4.30 in the morning? 
you would think like, if I can just do anything and I didn't have to worry about money, do that thing. And then that's the thing you really want to do. And that's pretty much what I'm doing. Yeah. In this forbid, I don't even talk about video games that much. I talk about how you could take advantage of video games. And I try to get people on here that can at least explain what, how it is in the industry. Like, what did they have to do? What did they have to navigate? What, what were their processes? So hopefully if somebody were to listen to this and they're like, I want to be in the industry too. Bam, you got a blueprint, motherfucker. You're welcome. Take it. You ain't going to got to thank me. But I'll say you're welcome for you, you son of a bitch. Appreciate y'all. Why are, we, why are we going so hard at them? <laughs> look, look, the the people who listen to my shit now know exactly how I fucking talk. That's why I said my the only people that listen to that shit are the people that are part of my community. So if anybody else is just like, whoa, that's that's kind of hard. You shouldn't be talking. Nah, fuck that. <laughs> your ass is new. That's how I know. If your ass is new, just coming in here trying to be like, oh, isn't that a little too inappropriate? Nah, fuck you. But I appreciate you watching. I'm done. Uh, where, where can people reach the almighty Chase Bathia? Actually, Hollywood Chase Bathia. I can say it now. You can't get mad at me. <laughs> Only Hollywood if you eat at Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles, which I do. So I guess. So, ah, see. But, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a couple locations, but that's the best. Nah, but I haven't even eaten at Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles, which is very sad. Dang. Anyways, we'll yeah, get into that later. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, people can find me on Twitter at Chase Bethia. That's B as in boy, E as in Eric, T as in Tom, H as in Harry, E as in Eric, A as in Apple. I am working on my Instagram name because that was that's a whole another story I'm going to talk about. But gamer composer, like you're a gamer, G A M E R, G A M E R C O M P O S E R, gamer composer, and yeah, chasebathia.com. That's pretty much it. And Spotify, please, 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 please. If you like video game music, if you like supporting video game composers like me, the ones with the niches of sounds for video game composition of the future, as Evocutioner has dubbed me, the video game maestro, just put Chase Bathia in Spotify. I am the one. He is the one, Sailor Moon. Oh, snap. And then, of course, you can find us, the Chronicles of Gamers. You type us in at Google. Like, that's it. I mean, what else do you, what do, what do you want? I mean, we're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook. Hey, if, if you're part of the video people, so you see underneath where it says, Welcome Chase with the episode 130, all that information is just right there for my video people. For my audio people, when you, when you like click the, uh, the, the info for more on SoundCloud or on Stitcher, you'll see like posts and shit. Just click on one of the links because they work. And then that's that's it. I, I make it so easy for you guys. Like you're you're welcome <laughs> for for all the new people that are listening. <laughs> all right, man. So fuck. Also, why don't you listen to the earlier episodes? That way you can hear Gamer Composer. You know, talk about shit. Although, don't listen to anything after episode 48. Actually, no, 44. Except for, like, episode 6, because I had, like, Trisha Minty. But, and Trisha! Then, and then episode 9, which had the woman that I would have really liked to 
been with, but I'm not going to say her name. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Yo, I, I fell in love when I first saw her in kid oh, at wow. E3. Was this at E3? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not oh, going to yeah. say her name. She was on the show. I'll, you'll figure it out. If you're curious, you'll figure it out. It's it's the one episode that I, I didn't erase and I kept because <laughs> I was trying to get rid of a certain somebody. And, yeah, we... If you have any other questions, you know, put it at the bottom. Anyways, thank you for tuning in. Thank you guys for, for watching or listening. We're out of here. Damn, this was a long episode. I blame Chase Bathia's ass. This is normally <laughs> not this long. It was a tangent. Sorry. Hey, the executioner wanted, wanted me to get into the nitty gritty, so I hope I get on by the All right, man. Stay lit and power to the gamers and... My champ Michelle.